Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. Guys, I've got an incredible guest today, absolutely incredible. Before I introduce my guest, I would like to just say this. Remember Then Radio is an awesome platform for keeping this music alive. I had the honor about a year ago of of, uh, interviewing Bobby Hendricks from the Drifters from the 50s era, and just recently... Kenny Kojak had the honor and privilege of interviewing Charlie Thomas from the Drifters with the 60s era. Guys, do you want to know who I'm interviewing today? Rick Shepard from the 60s era of the Drifters. This guy right here deserves his place in Drifters history. Mike Miller said it perfectly. And we also have Debbie Meadows, his tour manager, with us here today. Hello, guys. Hi, how are you? This is Rick here. Hi, Rick. Hi, Deb. Hi, how is everybody today? (laughs) Everybody is so great. You know, I I, I do want to mention someone in the chat room because I want to say hello to Babalu because Babalu is always our first front and center guest okay and he has been waiting for this for one hour danny p is still on a fellow dj hello to danny but i want to tell you guys that larry chance from the earls we've got the capris listening in we've got al Contreras from the mystics listening in we've got ellie from scotland we've got hong kong shirley from hong kong we've got limpy from australia messaging me they're all listening guys so today is Shirley's in the chat room. Shirley, go to sleep. I love you. She's here in the chat room. It's midnight over there. (laughs) So, all right. So what I want to say is this. The floor is yours. I'm going to have a couple questions, but this is your time to really say and let everyone out there know what's going on with you guys and the drifters and all that. So I want to just say thank you. I'm honored for you giving me this interview. First of all, Rick. Okay, I'm a fan, a huge fan, and I absolutely love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, um, I, I let me let me start with a question, and then, you know, like I said, take the floor, and then we'll play, of course, under the boardwalk. But what I want to, what I think everyone would like to know right from the, the get-go is, what started your career, and what's your history with the Drifters? Everyone is dying to know. Oh, I started out singing when I was nine years old. I used to, uh, my mother used to listen to uh, uh, Bing Crosby on the radio and Nat King Cole, Perry Como. And when I was young, I used to uh, listen to them and I used to get in the mirror and start imitating their singing. Uh, you know, and I had that sound and they couldn't believe this little black kid from Long Island. <laughs> sound just like <laughs> uh, Bing Crosby. You know? So I grew up in an Italian neighborhood. So I used to start saying, hey, goodbody, what about tonight? Who's this kid? I love it. And then, and then when I was in the army, I was singing, because of you, there's a song in my heart. And the guys coming there, who's this guy? What's, where'd you come from? So and that's how I grew up singing, you know, and I started my career. And, uh, and I became 18 years old. I had a manager out of a, a Woodmere, Long Island, and he had me on a show in in, uh, in Florida with uh, Sammy Davis Jr. And uh, he saw me dancing and singing. He said, one day you're going to be very famous, young man. 
And uh, that's how I started singing. I kept it going all the time. And I had a record on uh, Bang Records. And uh, this lady uh, told uh, George Treadwell about me. I didn't know George Treadwell at the, Treadwell at the time by name. And one evening, uh, my father always told me I have a backup plan. You know, I was singing. I had records out before. And uh, I was on Shout Records. And, you know, you perform in nightclubs and everything. And, and he said, my father was a New York City detective. And oh. He said, you know, you, know, you got to always have a backup plan. What happens if you lose your voice? So, you know, he's the one that con uh, convinced me to join the U.S. Army. I was in the 504th Military Police, you know. And, uh, and, uh, and then when I came home, you know, I was still singing and everything. And he said, no, you're going to join the police department. So I started going to the police academy. I had just gotten married, and, uh, and I came home one evening, and uh, I got this phone call. And the guy says, and I answered the phone, he said, hi, are you Rick Shepard? I said, yes. I said, who's this? He said, well, this is George Treadwell. How would you like to be the new lead singer of the Drifters? I said, yeah, right. <gasps> no! <laughs> and I hung up on him. And a few minutes later, this lady named Rose McCoy, she, she's a songwriter, and uh, she called me on the phone. She said, Rick, did a guy named George Treadwell call you up? I said, yeah, some guy pretending he was somebody. He said, no, you know who George Treadwell is? <laughs> Well, he only managed Sammy Davis Jr. and the Drifters. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> and as they say, the rest is rock and roll history. <laughs> so I became, I replaced Rudy Lewis. When Rudy Lewis passed, uh, he had passed away. And, uh, you know, and uh, Johnny, uh, Gene, uh, I think it was Gino, he was uh, just leaving the group then. And I came in to replace him. And, uh, and Treadwell, he said, well, I got a great future from you because you have that sound that I'm looking for. You know, the new sound for the Drifters. But unfortunately, uh, we did a song called, um, oh, I can't remember the song now. It's going back. Uh, Baby What I Mean. Uh, that was the first song I did with them. And then uh, Treadwell uh, passed away, and then everything changed then, you know. So Treadwell, then Mrs. Treadwell had new singers come in. The Drifters had, I think they had over 60 personal changes over those years. But they always managed to have hit records, you know, so... And I, I was having a lot of fun, you know, and I enjoyed uh, making people happy. I always had one saying, you know, you do the same show for one as you would do for 1,000. No matter who's out there, you never can tell who's sitting in that audience. So you don't want anybody to feel cheated out of anything. And I used to, I never drank smoke in my entire life. But when I got on the stage, they all thought I was high on something because I was always <laughs> smiling and singing <laughs> and dancing. So... That's how I started out and got with them. That's how I became a member of Atlantic Recording Drifters. I recorded about 17 tunes on that, on, on, with the Drifters. And uh, I just had a great time. And uh, as I was telling someone the other day, Charlie Thomas, who's a great guy as well, Charlie has his own group, Charlie Thomas Drifters. Charlie and I are the only two living members of the Atlantic Recording Drifters of the 1960s. And you have... Uh, Bobby Hendricks that recorded in the 50s, and he's still living. I never had the pleasure of meeting Bobby Hendricks, but I heard he was a great guy as well. Well, uh, the three of you are incredible, and RTR has been honored to have all three of you on. Um, Bobby Hendricks is absolutely a beautiful man. So is Charlie Thomas, and so are you. And, I, I, you know, I'm on cloud nine right now because, again, RTR has had all three of you on, three iconic right. members of the Drifters. So, Thank you. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. 
Um, I want to give a shout out. Stevie D, Stevie Dunham is in the chat room. Um, Street Corner Entertainment. And he's also a part of RTR. And Alex Augustine is in the house. Alex Augustine knows everyone and he was waiting for this interview <laughs> and and he is also on RTR so this is very cool um so I would love to play a song you know what you call it do you want us to play under the boardwalk right now or this magic moment well the drifters new sound the new sound that uh, that uh, when the drifters came into the 60s was this magic moment all right as you know Benny King was the original lead singer on that song isn't that something all right, so, so let's I do it. They had me re-record all the Drifters tunes on on uh, EMI Capital. Okay. Uh, the Drifters then. So then, so then let's do it. This magic moment, I think it's so worthy. Here we go, guys. This magic moment so different and so new Was like any other Until I kissed you And then it happened It took me by surprise I knew that you felt it too By the look in your eyes Sweeter than wine So, I mean, who doesn't remember that? That song was all over the world. Are you kidding me? I grew up with that. 
Rick, I have a surprise for you. We have Dana in the chat room. Oh, okay. That's my daughter, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to the daughter. Hi, Dana. <laughs> yes, beautiful. So I'm going to have you talk about Under the Boardwalk also and this magic moment. And we're going to bring on Debbie. But before we do that, I would like to ask you, did you have any other family members in the in entertainment industry? Sure. Um, I, I never had a chance to meet her until in the uh, 1980s, and that's Eartha Kitt. She's in my family. My grandfather's name was Kitt from oh. Orangeburg, South Carolina. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting her. I was uh, doing the Jerry Lewis Telethon in Montreal, Canada, and, uh, and I, we were speaking at my manager at that time, was speaking to me, and he says, uh, Rick, you're always talking about Eartha Kitt. Guess who's sitting in the chair next to you? And we're in the makeup chair getting ready for the to show, and I had my head turned. And he says, I'm sure it's a kid. So we got a chance to meet each other and hug each other. Uh... And, uh, and she's very popular up there in Montreal because she speaks French as well. So we had a great time, a great, great time. So that's amazing. Yes. Wow. And you got to hug her. <laughs> yes, yes. That is so cool. That is so Black cool. Woman. <laughs> that is so cool. Okay. Right. Oh my goodness. So Debbie. Catwoman. Cat Catwoman. Catwoman. Yes. So Deb, let's bring you on, yes. sweetheart. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about the Drifters' greatest hits and whatever else you'd like to to talk about? Okay. Well, first I'd like to just mention that. Uh, as everybody knows, I'm the tour manager and personal assistant to Mr. Rick Shepard and a liaison to our wonderful manager, Mr. John Regna of WEAA, World Entertainment Associates of America. And of course, our responsible agent, Mr. Ray Berry. So as a tour manager, you know, I go out on the road with them and I, uh, I'm, I'm very much involved in uh, deal with, uh, you know, just making sure everybody is, is, uh, where they should be at the time of the tour and um everybody uh is happy that's that's the main thing too and as a tour manager i liaison with a lot of the venue managers and catering and production and merchandising and so forth so that's a big part of it and daily itinerary and just making sure everything runs smooth on the road um as far as the greatest hits records uh we do have cd albums out with emi capital and the greatest hits record is a, a wonderful album and uh you can purchase this purchase it on our website as uh, the rick shepherds drifters.com uh the other thing that we are doing as well uh is a new stage production and that'll begin in the fall of 2021, depending, of course, on the pandemic and the situation around the world. And what it does is it tells the story of the history of the drifters from the 1950s to the end of the 1960s. And Rick is an integral part of that hit-making machine known to the public of the, as the drifters. The dialogue between the songs and the drifters' greatest hit show is designed to entertain and educate all who are attending the performance. And the song presents an anthology of the Drifters' biggest hits. And we hope in 2021 that we have no doubt that many young people worldwide are going to love the production. Mm. Uh, I don't want to play too many secrets, right? But we have many new songs in that production as well. 
Uh, and who's all on the Rachel? show then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, on our uh, show, we have uh, everybody knows Donnie most from Happy Days. Mm-hmm. And long running show from 1974 to 1984. And Donnie has recorded three albums and of swing music, um, you know, like Mac the Knife, etc. Performed in great jazz and pop gen- uh, genres. I'm really excited to be able to share the stage with Mr. Rick Shepard. And Rick, of course, feels the same way. Correct, Rick? That's right. Donnie, I've had many conversations with him. Uh, yeah. Donnie most. A great guy. And, right. And Donnie is actually uh, active in uh, theatrical plays as well. And we have the lovely Rhonda, Miss Franklin, and uh, Rhonda Franklin, who's known as the girl from New York City. And the reason for this is that Rhonda performed as a member of the ad lib who recorded, if everybody remembers, The Boy from New York City. Yes. And she was in the movie, yeah, she was in the movie as a member of the ad-libs called Zoe, and that was in 1987. Then the Manhattans in 1980 re-recorded The Boy from New York City. The Manhattan Transfer. Yeah. Yes. Manhattan Transfer. Yes. yes. And uh, you can also hear Rhonda, we are releasing in the fall of 2021 a new CD called Timeless, a beautiful, beautiful uh, album, CD, yes. And uh, Rick and Rhonda will be, uh, you can hear a beautiful duet that they sing together called Something Tells Me. And it's a a beautiful duet that they do together. And also on our uh, stage production is June Montero, and everybody has to remember this, is an original member of the Toys that recorded a lover's concerto and attack. Remember that, June? Yes. Yes, and her group now is called June Montero's Toys, and they're the only group that had the number one hit record around the world at the same time. Uh, Their hit song of lover's concerto pushed the Beatles out of number one place for eight weeks on the Billboard Heart Chart, 100 chart. That's cool. Yes. We will bring a, a full evening of the greatest hits of the America's favorite singing group, the Drifters, to fans, as well as songs sung by Donnie Most and Rhonda Franklin and June Montero. Fans will also see Rick Shepard and special guests tell some really great funny stories and heartwarming stories behind the scenes. And we look forward to seeing our dedicated and new fans to the Drifters Greatest Hit Show in the fall of 2021. Uh, we also just want to let everybody know that we uh, Rick has a Canadian trademark in Canada, and uh, I have the office here in Canada as well. So we just wanted to mention so we're that. Based, yeah, we're based in Canada. Yeah. Very cool. So, okay. Can I just say? Can I just say one thing? Absolutely. My daughter's on the yeah. Cause, uh, my daughter is such a great person, you know, Dana, and uh, she has a. Uh, she loves helping children. She works with the Board of Education in New York City, and she had put a program together which they love called uh, Pink Jewels for Life. It's a, a wellness program for women and children, and teach young girls how to carry themselves, how to sit properly, you know, all the things like that. And Dana, you know, she uh, give uh, shows and to give the money. Uh, it's a it's a non charitable uh, association, uh, and uh, I think it's great to help young girls and young kids, and also the women. You know, the wellness 
I just wanted to put that in there. I think that's incredible. Dana, I think what you're doing is absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Um, I, I'm a grandmother of two, a 20 year old boy, Christian and a five year old girl, Aria. And I just became, I'm going to use the word step grandmother, but grandmother of eight now, six other children. And most of them have special needs. So I think anyone that does anything to help women and children, you're a hero to me. So keep up the good work, sweetheart. And to you, Rick, I want to say thank you for your service. I want to say thank you to everyone out there who has served. Because to me, you guys are all heroes as well. So thank you for that, Rick. Thank you. Um, Beautiful. So this magic moment, talk about that song a little bit. Tell us how you feel about it. Well, this magic moment, if you realize, the drift is all their song was about love and happiness. And this magic moment, speaking of his young lady that he met, and and when he saw her, it was like a magic moment. Everything was beautiful. So uh, it's a happy song. And people, when I was in Vegas singing the song on stage, and people, you know, uh, and some of them had tears in their eyes. Oh, I remember that time. I remember this and that. And when you do Under the Boardwalk, and Saturday night at the movies, it all had good good meanings, you know. Think about when you went to the movies back then. You're sitting in the back row, and you're with your girlfriend Saturday night at the movies, you know. And uh, it's a happy, the Drifters had a, a happy time. Uh, time. And uh, when I leave the, the stage, I always want people to be happy. To think back what they were doing at that time in their life, you know, and they go back. And I was one time uh, doing a matinee in Toronto, Canada, and the young guy came up. And he couldn't be no more. We did a matinee in the afternoon. Couldn't be no more, but he came with his parents. And he knew the Drifter song. I could, I, he must be a midget. You can't be a real. Of course. <laughs> he knew the Drifter song. He was no more than about 15 or 16. Of course. <laughs> Everyone knows the Drifter's songs. Are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah, let me tell you, they, they got so many Drifter groups running all around. I was in Toronto, come to do a show, and uh, this is a real funny. I, we came in to do the show uh, on a New Year's Eve. This is probably in the 70s. And we landed in London, Ontario, Canada. And the London press was waiting for us. And when I got off the plane, he said, well, the Drifters are already performing here. I said, the Drifters can't be performing here. I own the trademark in Canada. I said, again, is it Charlie Thomas? He said, no, 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 they're the Drifters. They said, they're the real Drifters. <laughs> so we, it was about 10 miles, so we got in his car. We drove down there. I said, I got to see these Drifters. So I got done, and the place was packed. And they were singing under the boardwalk. So when I got through the crowd and got to the front, the drifters were white. I said, I know that when and the next day in the London press, the right name, wrong tan. Oh my gosh, that's a great story. I love it. I absolutely love that. And I loved your Italian uh, singing too, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Um, your daughter Dana is saying thank you so much, Dad. Okay, I love you, Dana. I yes. Oh, <laughs> she's adorable. So, um, you know, I want to ask you a couple questions. I always ask my um, superstars the same question because it means something to me. So, when you were growing up, who influenced you, and who have you met that you always wanted to meet? And I'm sure you've met a lot, but like one in particular person, and who haven't you met that you always wanted to? Oh. We traveled all over the world. I've met so many people. But like I grew up, I said, uh, 
learning a Christmas song, singing like Bing Crosby, because my mother played it every Christmas, you know, uh, Santa Claus coming to town. And I was sounding like that when I grew up, you know, because I didn't uh, go to a Baptist church or the Methodist church. You know, I was in the Catholic church for a while. And then uh, when I discovered, I didn't even know I was Native American of Moorish descent. You know, until oh, I was wow. in Canada, I met, a, I met a guy from Australia, and I thought he's from Harlem, New York. I said, hey, my brother, how you doing? He's my brother. He's everybody's like my brother. <laughs> and he started talking, and he, and he said, look at you, look at your features. You have keen features, your nose is thin, your high cheekbones. And he, he took me around, you know, and he started showing me stuff. And that's how I started questioning my family. That's how I found out, you know, I was Native North American of Moorish descent. The Moors are the ones that conquered Spain from 711 to 1492. That's right. They the ones was the navigator on the ship with Christopher Columbus, remember? Wow. <laughs> so, right. So anyway, I learned so much and I enjoyed myself performing, you know, as a member of the Drifters and, uh, and also the Treadwells, you know, uh, uh, Faye Treadwell uh, decided to uh, move to England, not move to England, open up the, her Drifters uh, uh, venture in England. I had left the group in the mid-1970s because I had uh, I had uh, met a, a, a gentleman, Tony Wine and Irving Levine. They wrote a song called Candida. And yeah. Not three times. Yeah. Right. And at the time, I told Faye Treadwell, when Treadwell died, Mrs. Treadwell, we was on from seven days a week. We started working just one day a week. And I was the only member of the Drifters that owned my own home. I remember when I bought a home in, in Queens, Long Island, and Johnny Moore said, why do you want to buy a house? Stay in an apartment building. I said, no, my father told me, you're only paying somebody else's rent. You, know, you should own your own property. You know, Never give up your property. So uh, you know, I uh, uh, had my own home and everything, and I told Faye, I was, you know, I went, I had a, a contract with, I was the only member of the Drifters had a contract, you know, and I remember they told me a contract. That means that we can quit anytime. I said, oh, no, that means they can fire you anytime. <laughs> but if you have a contract, they can't just fire you like that. So anyway, uh, I um, decided to uh, to tell Faye I couldn't pick up the option on my contract because I had to pay my mortgage. You know, I couldn't pay it working one day a week at that time and uh she said well rick you're, you're very important to this group and i said well you know i can't explain that to the bank <laughs> so, and uh and i left the group and uh tony weiner Irvin levine was in washington dc um i uh they had uh, written a song candida not three times and then i had a song written by another uh, kenny williams and they're called edition tunes called everybody plays the fool so i had all three records and then I told Johnny Moore, I said, wow, I met these people after the show. They want me to, to, to do a song for them called Candida and Knock Three Times. And so uh, Johnny said, well, I'm going to leave the group too. <laughs> so, And he told Trent, well, he's leaving the group. But uh, I, he didn't leave because of me because he wanted to. So uh, I, we started doing it. We, I replaced a group called, they were called, uh, not Dawn, it was... Uh, a group uh, was called Dawn, the Tokens. Okay. Hank Medris and Dave, Hank, uh, uh, Hank Medris and Dave Apple were the producers on the song. You know, um, Jay Siegel and I are good friends. Yes, I, I met all, Jay. I love Jay. Yeah, we all grew, <laughs> Jay's a great person. We all grew up together and sang together. And they produced the song for me, Candida, Nazi Times. And then I learned one great lesson. I couldn't, re on my contract, I couldn't, record anything until my contract was up and then uh 
I was so disappointed, you know. Then they told me that I couldn't do the song. We had already, we, uh, because they had the track already, because the group Dawn was four Irish guys that were singing the song, but their voice wasn't what they wanted, I guess. So they had me come in and do the track, and it was exactly what they wanted, Dave Apple, and they wanted then, uh, uh, then Johnny Moore and them wanted to come with me as the drifters. I said, but it's Rick Shepard, though. My father said, never take anybody to look for a job until you get the job. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and they all came, and they, they wanted to be, then everybody wanted to get an advance. Everybody wants this and that, you know, and it was, was going to be on Columbia Records. And then uh, Johnny uh, told me, he said, oh, that song is not going to be a hit, man. Candida knocked three times. Oh, that's not going to be no hit. I said, well, Johnny, didn't you tell me that Nobody knew that Under the Boardwalk was going to be a hit, and you didn't like the song, and it became the number one hit song for the Drifters. <laughs> so then Johnny then went back to, to Treadwell, to the Drifters, and then they told Treadwell that I had recorded the record and this and that, and then she started um, calling uh, Columbia Records, and then I couldn't do the song. And that's how I had to uh, become a police officer at that time. And uh, I just listened to that song. It became number one. And it was nominated for the, the, the Grammys and all that stuff. And the Tony Orlando, they paid Tony Orlando $300 to do the track. And wow. he went to Detroit and got the girls called Dawn. He named them Dawn. Wow. The two girls with him. And Tony Orlando, when I did the Jerry Lewis Telethon in New York City, he said, now, ladies and gentlemen, this guy is from the real Drifters. Yes. And Tony Wine was playing the piano. She's now Rick Shepard is a real member of the Drifters. Because he was doing our song. He said that right on TV. And I remember when I was a police officer, I arrested a guy one time, and the guy kept looking at me. He said, that guy, he don't act like a real cop. He act more like an entertainer. He's friendly. <laughs> and, and, so he, and so he told my son, he said, that guy's from the Drifters. I never told anybody in the police department I was from the Drifters. I didn't want them to feel like I was better than they were. You know, I just, because I used to teach martial arts and all that kind of stuff. So I just... Uh, you know, mind my business, and and then the guy, and they were all laughing. Oh, that guy from No Drifters. We just saw Charlie Thomas on TV. How come you're not on TV? You. <laughs> so then uh, we did the Jerry Lewis telethon. I got the call to do Jerry Lewis telethon, and I made them feel bad. I said, oh, I said, ladies and gentlemen, I said, I want everybody to give some money to Jerry's kids, especially the guys in Brooklyn at the First Division. <laughs> I want you to dig in those pockets and help Jerry's kids <laughs> and my friend who was in the in the locker room he's they were looking at the TV and they said oh my god this guy is from the real drifters <laughs> so I never cool. told them that I was ever from the drifters you know that is so, so they, cool they, they, they couldn't get over that you know so you know someone in the chat room is asking a question Linwood would like to know um do you have a doc? Is there a documentary or a book made in the works about you? Uh, well, Treadwell had a book out called uh, "Save the Last Dance." I'm in that book as okay. well. Okay. And and uh, I've I've been writing a book about the Drifters. Everyone wrote a book about the Drifters except the Drifters. <laughs> so uh, I started writing a book myself a long time ago. But my good friend Butch Leak, who replaced me, and Butch had his he was with Johnny Moore in England. And they had all hit records. Butch Leak is a, a historian with the Drifters. You know, and he brought all this stuff to the forefront. And uh, uh, one day, because he, he asked me about your show, one day you may wind up having him on your show. Well, let's and, do uh, it, baby. 
Yes, and uh, I will uh, tell Butch how to contact you. Yes. Uh, after the show, you give me the correct information. Okay. And he can give you a lot of history of the Drifters in England. So right now they have uh, the Drifters legend. So they uh, have myself, Butch, and two other people that's from the Treadwell Drifters. Uh, you know, we are the Drifters legend. Okay. You know, uh, unfortunately, Charlie Thomas, uh, Charlie is a great part of the, the uh, thing, but somehow I guess Charlie didn't, I don't know if he was advised that it was they were the real drifters as well, because that was part of the drifters brand. Okay. Um, and before Mrs. Treadwell died, she wanted me to come over to England to join her drifters for a, a one time around the world, you know, doing the drifters, uh, the drifters, uh, legends. That's what it was called. And Butch has a company called D Legends uh, Fan Club, and in, in, in England. And, uh, and he, uh, he's a great person. You'll be very interested in speaking with Butch. Beautiful. Butch Leak is his name. Leak. Thank you yeah, so Leak. much for that. L-E-A-K. Got Butch it. Leak. So let's play Under the Boardwalk. Everyone is itching and they're all going crazy and loving this interview. Here we go, guys.
Amazing, amazing song, which you will talk about, but we have someone in the house, Rhonda, that I think you might want to say hello to. Hi, Rhonda. That's Rhonda Franklin of the Adlers. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rhonda. This is so cool. So, Great performer. Great sing- Oh, she can sing. Huh. So cool. So, all right, t- tell us about, listen, one of the greatest songs, Under the Boardwalk, who doesn't know that song? Tell us how you felt about it, and then you got the floor again. Okay. I, um, the song was uh, Under the Boardwalk. I, I thought it was a great song, and every summer that song is played. That's the most played song. <laughs> and my music director, Vasey Tayab is his name. Uh, Vasey won the Juno Award. And the, which is a Canadian equivalent to the Grammys here. And he had his own recording studio and everything. And I was in Toronto uh, back in the early 70s. And uh, uh, we had a problem with uh, my music director getting into Canada because of a storm or something. And, and I was supposed to play at the Blue Note in Toronto. And someone called me up and said, there's a guy named Basie Tayad. He's a guitarist, and he has his own recording studio. So... Uh, uh, they had Basie come down to meet me, and this, and this guy, you wouldn't believe what, what such a nice guy he is. He's the one that all arranges on my CDs that you're listening to right now. Uh, and I have my own Canadian band. You know, it's a seven, eight-piece band with horns and everything like supposed to have. It's, uh, you see them on my uh, uh, videos, and they're the ones that's playing. And Basie, uh, his family's like family to me. His brother's a great drummer. And uh, and my horn players are unbelievable. Those Canadian musicians are just unbelievable. And uh, we've been working ever since. And we've sticked together like glue. And he and Basie's on all of our tours. He's a great arranger. And uh, I also um, Ray Barry, my uh, agent, uh, designated agent. I found out he's a great also arranger as well, and also was in movies and stuff. Ray Barry, uh, he's out of Buffalo. And he works for John Regner um, uh, uh, organization, my, my new manager. And also I have Julian Shapiro, who is our, uh, in the business as well with us. He works in the office, and uh, he handles all the money and everything. That's the man, Julian Shapiro. So I want to give a shout-out to all of them. And I'm sure that uh, Julian is listening right now, and I hope John Regner is listening. John is a busy guy, and uh, he's listening, and... Uh, and all the people that's involved in it. Very cool. So, Deb, is there anything you'd like to say at this point? I would just like to say and give a shout-out to all the uh, drifters that are on the tour with us and David Ma- Ma- um, McRae. David McRae, yes. Yep. David McRae, uh, Tony uh, Hyman, Daoud Shabazz, and right. one of our newest members. His name is Larry Noble, uh, known as Smokey. And he's got a great, great uh, uh, baritone bass. And, uh, yeah. and he, they will all be uh, doing this uh, Drifter's Greatest Hit uh, show with us. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure be- everyone would love Each one can sing lead, and they all have great voices, great personality on stage. I'm a great believer. Once you hit that stage, they, they forget all your personal problems. No one want to know your personal problems. You had a headache. You didn't get a chance to eat today. <laughs> yes. When you get out there, I always tell people when I hire them work for me, I said, did you come here to party or did you come here to work? Because this is like a regular job. If you came here to party, this is not a job for you. The stage, there's no big eyes, a little used. My name may be 
the one that's out there. But it's we're all a part of this show. It takes a team to make this show. And the band, I always tell, the, I always tell my musicians, there's no big eyes and little U's. Everybody on this stage, all my musicians, I introduce them, let them do solos. I like to call them out to do a solo on a surprise to make sure they're awake. Everybody has to be smiling on that stage. No one came to see anyone looking sad or have a headache. They came here to forget their problem. They're the ones who want to be entertained. So there's no, you hear people say, oh, man, that audience, they were terrible. No, the audience wasn't terrible. You were terrible. Because you didn't do a good show. I love you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that's, that's, that's my motto. You know, there's no big eyes and little use. Everybody in my group and my organization sing. If somebody get hoarse and can't sing, you have to know each one of the Drifter songs so you can sound just as good as that record or better. And if you're going to do, uh, we do other songs in the show as well, you know, because I want everyone to know it's not just about just singing the Drifter song. We can sing anything. We're entertainers. We're performers. There's a difference between a performer and an entertainer. Sammy Davis Jr. was an entertainer. And that performer walks on stage, put his hand in his pocket, and says, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you have to get out there, smile, dance, do everything. I have a segment of the show where everybody have a dance. So you'll see Donnie Most when he come out. I have a section where uh, at the end of the show, most everybody come out and do a dance. Oh, he's going to be dancing and singing. Everybody got to be dancing and singing. There's no half-stepping here. <laughs> I love your attitude because I pretty much have the same. People tell me actually... Jer, calm down. You're too excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to be. You have to, it's like Frank Sinatra. We did, we did a, a show with Frank Sinatra a long time ago. i never forget. He told me, he said, you know what? He said, you remember when you, he, this is your house. You own this house. It's like you come to my house to a party. And when I open the door and, and you ready to party, I said, yeah, come on in. We're having a good time. He said, no. You open the door. Hey! <laughs> I love it. You tell the people when to stand up, when to sit down. Oh my gosh, I love it. So we're gonna we're gonna play Saturday night at the movies, and I'm hoping we already played this magic moment. That was our first one we played, but you know what? I'm hoping I'm gonna be able to also close with it. All right, but for right now, we are gonna play Saturday night at the movies. Here we go, guys.
guys, Saturday Night at the Movies is here right now with us. And you know, Gil T, Gil Torres is in house and he says, The Drifters never ever recorded a bad song. And your daughter Dana is agreeing with him and saying, Not because he's my dad. <laughs> all right. I, I like to tell the people that on, on all my CDs that you're listening to, those are my live musicians from Toronto, Canada. There are live musicians that's playing all my tracks. Uh, we're doing in the studio there as we're recording. That is that's so amazing. cool. So, yes. so come on, Saturday Night at the Movies, give us a, a, a minute of your feelings about this song. Come on. Oh, back in the day, you know, everyone went to the drive-in theaters. Remember that Saturday yes. Night at the Movies? You had your parked cars and other people go to the theaters and you hugged up with your girlfriend looking at the movies and enjoying that night. You know, and that's the drift is all, all their songs are about fun and happiness. Nothing bad. Or angry, I killed my dog. I loved my wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, what am I going to do? <laughs> so, guys, we're coming to the part of the show now. Um, we've still got a little bit of time. I'm going to bring Debbie back on as well. Deb, you guys have about five more minutes to give any more shout outs out. Tell us what's happening. Promote yourselves. There you go. called the drifters greatest hit show and we're hoping to uh get that out there and our fans and in 2021 uh hopefully that the pandemic calms down and we can get on the stage and uh start uh pleasing our fans worldwide so uh i guess uh, we're all excited and to be working with our staff and Rhonda Franklin, a wonderful lady to work with, a beautiful voice, June Montero from the Toys, Donnie Mouse. We're looking forward to uh, working with you, and I know you're working. You like to. You're very excited working with us as well. And to our great manager, Mr. John Regner. He is. And I know John from the 1970s. John and I have been tight ever since that time. Ray Barry is a good, good uh, agent. A great agent and Julian and uh, Julian Shapiro. And Julian's been with me for many years as well, and we're all a good team together. So I just want right. to give a shout out to John Regner and his staff as well. Everybody. Well, I go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Deb. So I was just going to say, and of course, our wonderful, dedicated fans worldwide. <laughs> So I want to say Gil Torres is saying every group has at least one drifters tune in their repertoire. And he is right. Okay. He is absolutely right. The drifters, baby. They have at least six. He says Gil Gil Torres says he has at least six. So you should hook up. I will hook you guys up. (laughs) Yes. So right now, guys, I want to, I want to give a shout out. Don't go anywhere because Stevie Dunham street corner entertainment. He will be on right after me at 1 PM. So you don't want to miss his show. So stay tuned, guys, okay? Okay. Um, okay. I want to say thank you to everyone out there listening. I want to say thank you to Steve and Barbara from RTR Angel. We love you. Um, The owners of RTR, Remember Them Radio, for this incredible platform. I want to say thank you to all of the Drifters fans, okay, for listening in. And Dana and Rhonda for being in our chat room. Okay. Thank you to you. Wonderful ladies as well. But most important, 
Deb, I want to say thank you to you for this introduction to Rick. First of all, you are an awesome lady and we've had so much fun trying to get this to finally happen, okay? And thank you, Jerry, for, you know, having us on. It was wonderful as well. And we all thank you. Deb, we're, you, near you, and, and we're near where you play, Jerry. We must bring you on stage. Bring we're me all, on, all, baby. We always do that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Bring me on. Well, Debbie will absolutely keep me posted, okay? So, and Rick, all kidding aside, I want to say thank you for this incredible honor because I've been a huge fan. You know, I always say this on every one of my RTR shows. I was born too late because I was born, I just turned 60. I was born in 61. And I always said that I would be that hippie with the long hair, with the leather, with the black leather jacket, with the poodle skirt. Okay. So, you know, that was my era of music. Elvis, oldies, doo-wops, the drifters. Are you kidding me? So I want to say thank you for this incredible interview. You You made my day, sweetheart. And my manager, Julie, he always said, Rick, don't tell him you're 81 years old. You don't look 81. Honey. Well, that's what makes me a thank You do not look 81. I'm the the youngest drifter that was living. The youngest drifter. You do not look 81. Stop it. Yes, I'm 81. Okay, well, you just really shocked me now. Okay, <laughs> having said that, so um, yeah. we have, we actually have another five more minutes for you guys. So time flew, but we do have some time. Um, I want to get, I want to tell everyone about me for a moment here. I am the author of, I am not an addict. I'm just an ass. I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumb ass. Because guys, this July... I will be celebrating 30 years of being a smart ass. So if anyone out there is struggling with addiction or any family members struggling with someone struggling with addiction, please reach out to me. I'm also a recovery coach. There will be no fees. I will help you free of charge. Just please, please know there's help out there and someone will listen to you and you can reach out to me, Jerry Petito, anytime. Okay, guys? So... Having said that, Deb, you have another few minutes. I want, I do want to close with this magic moment, but you have another few minutes. If there's anything else you guys would like to share. Uh, just one more thing. We do have a Christmas show and we bring the girls on and it's the bells, the bells of Christmas. And it's a wonderful family show that we produce, uh, uh, during the Christmas season, and uh, we're hoping to do it this season in uh, 2021. And where where will that be? We're not sure yet. We are working on some dates, and uh, I'll let our audiences know through uh, our websites, and uh, we have uh, the John, johnregna.com, uh, and also the greatest hitch, the greatest, the drifters greatest hitch show.com. If people want to check out the dates and the times and uh, everything will be posted as uh, as the pandemic comes to a close. Okay. So guys, if you ever do any shows in a tri-state area in New York, New Jersey, or Philly, please, Deb, let me know. I certainly will. And again, uh, you know, uh, let everybody be safe and well until that time. Okay. And we look forward to getting on the road. What an incredible interview. Thank you. Thank you again to both of you, Rick, I love you. Um, the drifters music lives on, uh, and thank you for making sure of that. So guys, I started the show with this magic moment, but I'm also going to close today's show with this magic moment, baby. Here goes. Thank you. Thank you. 
Amazing. It is a magic moment, right? Here we go. This magic moment So different and so new Was like any other you to everyone and rick give a quick hello to your granddaughter sheree she is in the chat room how you doing sheree i love you Aaliyah, joe and uh Deshaun. all my grandchildren all my great grandchildren they're all great young people great beautiful uh, i'm proud of all of them <laughs> so thank you again guys i love you and we will do this again all right thank you everyone thank you thank you